When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. Hands hey, intercepted go. at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25. He's Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 188. The Buccaneers have started training camp. We are three days into the program. We're going to catch you up on all the latest storylines out of that. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. We are not alone today as we recap the latest out of training camp. Joining us, honorary third member of the show, Mr. Bucks Nation, a.k.a. James Hill, how are we doing, boys? Doing quite well. Um, you know, it kind of kind of starts to feel like football is like finally close. Like I knew that like training camp was approaching quick and stuff, but you know, once you finally see them out there and you're starting to see the videos on Twitter and you're starting to see the the Bucks social team post highlights and stuff, that's when you start to sort of like get that feeling that like it's. it's it's close. Like it's, it's very close. We're going to be talking about a preseason game here within the next few weeks. Right. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time. James, what's going on with you, my friend? Nothing much, man. Uh, honestly, this is one of my favorite times of the year, just because you get to watch training camp battles. You get to watch guys who, you know, are just there to compete, you know, maybe it's for roster spots, practice squad spots, making impressions for other teams, um, it, it's always a fun time. I like preseason games because it's it's fun to watch the backups, just in my opinion, and see who you have as depth, uh, who you have as young developmental guys. Um, and yeah, like I said, this is always one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, I'm happy we're finally to this point. You know, it's been a long, 
long journey here that especially the month of july was whew, it, it drug but uh yeah. i'm definitely finally happy we're here i think uh i think pat mcafee said it best regarding training camp it is a beautifully miserable time of year and uh emphasis on the word miserable because as we look at the first three days of tampa bay training camp it has been hot as balls out there um and if it's not the heat because they're practicing at 8 30 in the morning 8.30 in the morning. If it's not the heat that'll get you, it's the humidity. Um, because as we know, every single day here in the Bay Area, your humidity index is like 150% for some reason. I never understood it, but uh, it, that's the conditions that these guys are going to have to grow accustomed to. And I mean, honestly, maybe I'm a little biased here, but I don't think there's any other weather that's better for getting back in the spirit of football you like it nasty, you like it dirty, and, and like Pat said, beautifully miserable time of year for everybody out there, everybody getting back into the swing of things, and it is exciting to see. Um, but some of the biggest headlines out of these first three days, of course, we're going to talk about involve the rookies. Jalen Darden has had you know all sorts of ups and downs. Kyle Trask has had some eyes on him. The Tom Brady to Mike Evans connection is looking better than ever. We'll talk about that. But really quickly, let's check in with everybody in our live chat. Our buddy Frank G hanging out with us, TB12, Goatman. We do appreciate you guys as well. We are live on YouTube today. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, what should we talk about first, fellas? I mean, really, Evan, what is pressing on your mind over these first three days of training camp? Well, if you guys listen to the show, sort of maybe a little bit pre-draft and then after the draft, you would know that my one of my favorite Bucks picks, and even if you guys really – or like a deep dive into it. Uh, I was on uh, James's live stream when it happened, when, when the Bucks picked uh, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver from uh, North Texas. And um, I was a huge fan of the pick. I was on record saying it's one of my favorite picks, possibly my favorite pick of the, of the their class. Uh, and and he's, he's really impressed. Yeah. But there, there's also been some, some growing pains with him. He needs to catch the ball. And yeah. um, it seems like he's a guy uh, I'm going to compare him right now. And obviously it's, it's early. It's the third day of camp. They haven't even put pads on yet. Uh, it's it, they're, they're running around. They're running around basically the same things that we would run around playing football. In. They're running around in a Jersey and shorts. Like they're not, they don't have any pads on really. Um, so, I mean, that'll be the real determining factor of, you know, who's doing good when the defense is able to hit you a little bit that affects some guys too. Um, so, I, I like Darden. I think he's looked good. He's flashed, but also he's had some some eh, uh oh moments. You know, yeah. Uh, I I think it reminds me a lot of Deontay Johnson in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a guy that the Bucks actually really liked, and Pittsburgh picked him before the Bucks could. But he's a guy that all Pittsburgh fans love and hate at the same time because he's he'll make a spectacular touchdown catch, but then he'll have a game where he has two or three drops in, in a single game and it, and it ends up losing the game. So I'm not, obviously he hasn't played a, a single NFL snap yet, Jalen Darden. So it's good to see him explosive though. That's what they, they brought him in to do. They brought him in to be that explosive special teams player. And, and so far now without the pads on, he looks to be as advertised. Yeah. And uh, the special teams involvement you talked about, Jadon Mickens, Jalen Darden was in that group, Scotty Miller, all of those guys actually fielded punts throughout training camp. Um, but as far as Darden goes and getting reps in other places, he's been matching up with Carlton Davis a lot this week. 
And apparently that matchup is a little bit closer than people were expecting. We know Carlton more of a physical corner, a guy who is, you know, the number one corner on this team. So for Darden to kind of hold his own and, and you know, kind of get the upper hand on some of those reps has got to be a pretty encouraging sign as well. James, what are your thoughts on Darden so far? Yeah, I mean, like Evan said, you know, when he was drafted, he was in on my channel. We were doing a, a draft live stream reaction, basically. And, you know, Evan said, you know, this guy could be a steal. And so far up to this point, every single time he goes out there, it could be rookie minicamp. It could be mandatory minicamp. It could be OTAs. He's beaten everybody in terms of route running, right? And now he's in a chance at training camp to go against the starters, a secondary that a lot of people have been giving, giving a credit as potentially a top 10 secondary in the league right now. He's going up against the number one cornerback on this roster in Carlton Davis, and he's beating him in terms of route running. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he's the best route runner on the team or anything like that, but he's definitely got a lot of momentum in his favor. He's got to catch the football, you know, and Bruce Arians has been very open about that after these practices. He goes, you know, he's, he can get open. He's just got to catch the football. Mm -hmm. And I think if he's able to do that, the sky's the limit. You know, he's been working with Tom Brady already. You know, he's, he's been building up that chemistry. He's been with the ones and the twos and guys like that. So I know some people weren't exactly hot on the idea, you know, after this draft pick was made, but Darden could work his way into some type of offensive uh, role for the regular season besides just the work he will do as a returner. So I I'm very, very excited to see what Darden can do because it seems like every guy he's going up against, you know, it's not like he's beating them every time, but mm. he's beating starters. That's huge in my opinion. And I do want to appreciate face this um, was saying like right now without the pads on the offense does have the advantage. Uh, the offense will always have the advantage over the defense as long as there's not pads on. Uh, but yeah, it's still like, it's not like the defense isn't trying. Like, it's not like Carlton Davis is out there just uh, phoning it in. Like, you know, it, it's nice to see. And it's also not like, yeah, um, Jalen Darren's beating the guy that they just signed last week off the street or something. And he has no shot to make the team. He's not beating that guy. He's beating the guy who is considered to be the number one corner. And I think pretty much is the clear cut best corner on this team. Um, so yeah, that, that is good to see. And um, it'll be nice. Uh, it'll be nice to have that type of player that sort of a gadget guy that can also play some special teams and stuff. So um, that, that'll be fun uh, in the chat. Uh, look at the big three R E J or Reg, I guess <laughs> you can maybe say, I'm not sure how that'd be pronounced. Uh, Darden had almost automatic hands in college. I think I wouldn't read too much into the drops. No, I, I wouldn't either. I, I, I think it's it, like there's third day of camp. It's the third day of camp. It's not not nothing to overreact about. Yeah. Now Bruce Bruce Arians did say after practice, you know, as well, he says that he just thinks it's nerves. That's totally understandable. Imagine he, that guy's around our age. Imagine one of us going out there. You know, we're only human at the end of the day. And if you went out there and you knew I'm about to start catching passes from Tom Brady. I mean, that would make me a little bit nervous, you know? So so in terms of having nerves and maybe having a few drops here to start off the gate, I'm not worried about it. I think that that is to be expected with a young guy like this. Fact is that, you know, his route running sharp. He's still making good catches too. You know, he's still making very good, um, you know, contested catches on the sideline and the end zone and whatnot from guys like Brady and Gabbert. He's going to be good in my opinion. Yeah. 
Let's take a look at the rest of this wide receiver room as well. Tyler Johnson is back in training camp, and he had another pretty good day on day three. Caught a couple of bombs from Tom Brady, which is what you like to see. But I bring him up because, you know, even though him and Jalen Darden could be used in different situations, different types of receivers, they still kind of find themselves on the same end of the spectrum as far as, you know, fighting for order in that wide receiver room goes. So... For Tyler Johnson, Evan, uh, what are your expectations for him going forward, and what does a good camp mean for him? Yeah, it's you know it, it's tough because Tyler Johnson, the, the Bucks, when it comes to wide receivers, the Bucks just seem to love to pick the guys that I love, and I, <laughs> I loved I loved Tyler Johnson the year before. He was one of my favorite draft picks of that class, and then they picked Jalen Darden. I mean, they just have an embarrassment of riches right now, and I think Tyler Johnson. I don't know, man. There's there's only one ball, only so many wide receiver spots to go, only so many roles in an offense that you can fill. But I just have a tough time seeing them leave him out completely. You know, like he's not going to get cut. We talked about that with John last week. Uh, you know, he, he's not going to get cut. But I have a tough time seeing them just say, you know what, you're, you'll be either scratched on game days or you'll be – getting special team snaps i just think he's too good i i i really do i think he's too good and and i think you know depending on the development of tyler johnson and scotty miller chris godwin and antonio brown are both free agents next year that could very well determine whether or not both or those guys are back or maybe one of the two or maybe both are gone depending on how those guys behind them really flourish and i think tyler johnson could be that guy to take the next step if he's able to to be given that chance which I think eventually he will be. For sure. So let's talk about some of the top guys in that room. We mentioned it at the top of the show. The Brady to Evans connection is back, and it is looking stronger than ever. Mike Evans had multiple great catches throughout the first three days of camp from Tom Brady. And uh, he is also, just like Jalen Darden, getting most of his receiver reps against Carlton Davis. And, uh, I wouldn't say Mike is making a fool of him out there, but Mike Evans is going out there and doing Mike Evans things. Uh, he's getting physical against the physical man corner, and um, he's just going to, you know, he's going to be the bigger man every single time. But uh, Mike Evans is is looking really, really hot out of the gate. Bruce Arian said this about Mike actually today. Um, he said, that's Mike. He, he should be. He's an all-pro. If he wasn't, I'd really be concerned, which unfortunately, as we know, in Tampa Bay is usually the case when you have – some of the best talent in the league, and they don't end up on those lists, but when you're hoisting a Lombardi at the end of the year, nobody really cares if you're an all-pro or not. Um, some of these guys didn't train in the humidity. Mike's one of these guys where he gets there, and I'm really pleased with where he's at. We know in years past that Mike Evans has especially uh, struggled in the heat. I don't know about struggled, but it's, he has... It's, he, it's, he ha yeah, it's, it's fair yeah, to say. I, I mean, it's yeah. hard for him to kind of get back in that Florida shape, which it's, is why we're yearly... grateful... It's a yearly tradition of Mike Evans getting cramps. Right, he gets, he gets carted off with cramps. We haven't seen that so far. It's still early in camp. Haven't put the pads on just yet. But uh, hopefully if he can manage his body well enough and have, you know, finish strong with a great camp, he's already off to one hell of a start. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's Mike Evans doing Mike Evans things. You know, and that's not a knock on Carlton Davis. You know, he's had good coverage. It's just, it's Mike Evans, you know. There's only so much you can do, and... Carlton Davis, big physical corner, of course, but Mike Evans is Mike Evans. You know, he yeah. is an all pro. He's on a Hall of Fame caliber pace. The dude has not had a season under a thousand yards receiving. <laughs> like, come <laughs> on now. 
I, he, he's just going to do what he does. And, you know, hey, it, it is what it is. You know, I wouldn't be upset if I would be if I was Carlton. Shoot, man. OK, yeah. You know, good job, Mike. You know, it's good to have a guy like that on your team. It's good to practice against a guy like that. Like, we yeah, know that, you know, you know, Carlton is the type of guy where he has problems with those shifty wide receivers, the really fast guys, your Tyree kills. You know, he's going to get kind of left behind. Um, but he's got a great room of wide receivers to be practicing again. So getting bodied by Mike Evans in the first week of training camp is, you know, nobody should be writing off Carlton as is having a bad camp. It's just when you have Mike Evans, the six foot five athlete that he is, he's going to go out there and make plays. But for Carlton, you know, it, it's got to be a blessing to be practicing against some of the best talent in the league because it's so spread out at the wide receiver position for Tampa Bay. Uh, Evan, your thoughts on Evans coming out of the gate pretty hot. Well, I mean, yeah, there's not really much to say. You know, it's almost an expectation. It's right. you know, like, I mean, Bruce Arians brings up a good point. If he wasn't doing that, then it'd be more of a talking point. Um, you, you know, it's nice to see that that Brady and him seem to be picking up where they left off. I know that some people, you know, during the season and stuff were, were frustrated that Evans wasn't getting the, the same amount of targets that he got with the previous quarterback. But, hey, you know, that that's what happens when you have a guy like Tom Brady, okay? He knows how good Mike Evans is. Like t- Tom Brady knows how good Mike Evans is, and he's going to try to get him the ball, but he's not going to force him the ball consistently. Uh, and we saw, you know, in years past, that would lead to turnovers and that would lead to just dumb mistakes uh, when they were trying to force the ball to Mike Evans. So I think Mike Evans in his role right now is perfect. I think, you know, I, I, I he's due for another. He's if he stays healthy, you can probably bank on him getting another thousand yards. Uh, I don't know if he'll have the amount of touchdowns again. Like his amount of touchdowns that he had in the red zone this year was uh, was like I think some of the most of his career. So I don't I don't know if he's going to match that total again. But hey, I mean, even if he gets half of that, then that's still a really good Mike year. So um, and you also have to consider they're playing a full year now with Antonio Brown uh, instead of just half a year. So that will eat into some of his targets slash uh, catches as well. So I mean. Yeah, Mike, Mike Evans is, is Mike Evans, and, and he's going to do whatever Mike Evans does, and that is dominate. So, uh, Tall Florida guy in the live chat brings up a good question. Do you guys think Justin Watson is going to make the final roster? And obviously this is being much more talked about this week uh, because right before the first day of camp, Justin Watson was one of the players put on the physically unable to perform list, and we've come to find out that he's going to be missing probably three to four months of action um, you know, rehabbing his injury. So what's going on there, dude? Like we, we had talked about his role before, obviously after drafting someone like Jalen Darden, there's going to be some red flags there for Justin Watson, but with his role kind of being deduced to special teams help, he's going to come back in four months and that's probably the only role he'll have on this team. But what is, uh, what is Justin Watson's future with Tampa Bay? Because we know he's here for as long as he's injured, but after that, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, um, it sounds like, yeah, he'll be out for about four months. Uh, had a surgical procedure done on his knee. Uh, I mean, this was a guy that was already going to be on the bubble, yeah. right? This was a guy that uh, we, we talked about with John last week. Uh, he was facing an uphill battle to really make this team. And there was a chance that they could carry seven wide receivers, but it's not likely. Uh, I'm not really sure what they'll do with Watson. Uh, I think they, they like him on special teams. I don't think they love him. Um, but I also think his role is easily replaceable. So, 
maybe they can cut him with an injury designation or maybe they can stash him somewhere on a practice squad with an injury designation. I'm not really sure how all that stuff works. When it's like this, in a situation like this, it's complicated um, with like the different roster moves you can do and stuff and sort of how you can get around that. But, I mean, yeah, I this Justin Watson isn't going to be a contributor for the Bucks this year. I mean, obviously, it sucks that this, this injury – hasn't even really given him a, a shot, right? He doesn't even really get a shot in training camp, but uh, th- this is pretty much confirmed that this isn't going to going to be the year that Justin Watson really makes a difference. Yeah. So let's take a look at another position group. Uh, Tim McCormick brought it up in the live chat. He said, has there been anyone who's impressed for the backup cornerback spots? Let's talk about that fifth cornerback battle because we've seen, you know, some guys being moved around. Uh, Ross Cockrell, in particular, has been getting some work at safety this week. I think the third day in a row he's been working at safety. Opens up different opportunities for guys battling for that fifth cornerback job. Um, so what do you think about that group, Evan? Well, I mean, you know, Cockrell is working at safety because obviously we haven't talked about it. Jordan Whitehead was placed on the uh, the, the COVID list the active COVID yes. list. Yep. Um, it's, that either means that he tested positive. It's the same thing as last year. It either means that he tested positive himself or he was a, in contact with somebody who had tested positive. So he should be returned to the team hopefully soon, and they'll be able to get back to a normal, a normal defense with their base, you know, the starters. Um, and also Anton Winfield ha- has been in and out. So uh, that's another reason why Ross, Ross Cockrell has had to step in. Um, now, as far as the cornerback spot goes, I mean, you got guys like Cameron Kinley, uh, who I think is, is going to be a fan favorite, especially in preseason when he starts playing. His story's great. Uh, oh, yeah. We've talked, we've talked about it plenty of times. Uh, Antonio Hamilton is a guy that, that could, you know, potentially be that guy. He has uh, NFL experience. And, and Herb Miller. Uh, I think Herb Miller, you know, had the interception last year at the game in Detroit, and they really like him. So I think those three guys are, are, are the three that I would be really eyeing up as to who the, the fifth cornerback spot is going to go to. Um, like I said, I think once we get the pads on, we'll have a better idea of who's actually in the lead for that spot. But I think those three guys uh, are going to be in the leads. What do you think, James? You know, it's an interesting situation. You know, Ant- Antoine Winfield Jr., he had to miss a day. He was back today for training camp practice. He, he had missed yesterday. Uh, Jordan Whitehead's on the illness list. We had talked about that. Um, Raven Green is not there right now. He has personal reasons. He's been excused absence from the practices. So they didn't have a lot of guys. You had Javon Hagan and Mike Edwards as your two starting safeties yesterday. Um, Augie Contresa and Lawrence White, the fourth, were getting more playing time. And then Chris Cooper, who he'd only had maybe two days to learn the playbook because they had waived slash injured uh, Curtis Riley. So you know, they didn't have a lot of solid veteran guys. You move Ross Cockrell there. Bruce Arians came out after a practice and said, yeah, his versatility is awesome. It may even open up another spot on game day to bring in another gunner um, on, say, on the punt team, which I think was interesting. But with Ross Cockrell, for the three days, he's not a cornerback. He's a safety. That means you can take two of those guys who are battling for that fifth cornerback job and put them in at the same time and see how both of them do. So I think that creates more of an opportunity to get some of those guys reps, which I think is needed. You talked about Antonio Hamilton, solid guy. He's been up and down really every single guy in this fifth Mm -hmm. cornerback spot competition has been up and down so far. Antonio Hamilton, 
um, has had some moments. D. Delaney's had some moments. He had an interception off of Kyle Trask today. Um, Cameron Kinley's been up and down. He got a little bit of praise from Bruce Arians, I believe, on day one of training camp. Nate Brooks has been making some plays. Like Herb Miller, like, you know, it's, for me personally, it's anybody's guess. I made a prediction that Antonio Hamilton would win that fifth cornerback job. But in my opinion, I think you could have it be anybody. I don't think anybody's really separated themselves too, too much out of the pack. And that's going to be one that will probably go all the way until the end. I mean, they may cut a guy or two through the process because they changed how they do cuts this year. Instead of going from 90 to 53, they whittle it down again throughout the weeks. But this one's going to go till the end, you know, and we're basically going to see one guy get picked off one week, one guy get moved out another week, and then it'll come down maybe two or three guys. But I think it'll be Antonio Hamilton just because of the experience he has six years in the league. And then also special teams play is going to be huge. Hamilton's got the most experience out of the bunch right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was real quick, Rhett. Um, I think that was something that is going to be decided in the, the games. I think that is going to be in the actual game action. That's where you're going to see who's that guy, you know, who's, who's making the play. And in preseason with there's, there's very limited action. So if you make one splash play that could potentially just put you, you know, Antonio Hamilton gets a pick in a preseason game and the other guys don't guess what stands out, you know? So that's, that makes a splash play like that even more important. So we'll see who ends up stepping up. But yeah, like you said, right now it's early um pads haven't come on yet and it's going to be a nice battle to 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 see um am am is meant sorry in, in the chat says how will the first team offense get treated during the preseason uh brady snaps how many qbs do we keep i think we talked about this last week uh Rhett, how do you how many how many starters do you think we're, we're seeing uh this entire preseason yeah, i mean i think you'll see most of the starters out there for a series or two i would say there is only one game out of the three that you do not see a rep from the starters. And, and maybe that's, ah, damn, it's hard because it's a little bit easier to manage when you got four games. You're looking at three right now. Do you want your starters to, you know, play in the third game so they're as fresh as they can be? Do you want them to miss out on the second one? Like, what's, you know, what's the middle ground there? But I, I do think... You know what? Actually, since there's three games this year, I'll I'll change my take on this. I don't know if there's a game that we don't see the starters, but there's probably one game where you only get a series and that's it. That's you know that's the most they're going to get for that game. After they play their series, if they score or not, whatever, they're done for the day, and um, they're sitting on the sidelines. But I'd say maybe for game one is the most you'll see them. Game two maybe a similar capacity, and then game three just one series and they're done. Ooh. So what about what about uh, Tom Brady? <laughs> I don't think he's out there as much as the rest of the starters. I- I'll say that Brady gets in there uh, first game. Man, if we're lucky, maybe two series. Uh, second game, one and done. And then the game that the starters are only out there for one series, Brady probably doesn't even take a snap. That's my think, guess. Man? I would say if it was me, I would – not play them the first game not a lot of them you know i wouldn't play a lot of them that first game i wouldn't play a lot of them that third game either i'd play them for maybe one or two series in that second game and call it there because for that first game you know you've still got 90 guys on that roster why not get all those third and fourth stringers snaps you know just right just for the whole game and then for that third game 
you're trying to figure out those last couple of roster spots. Might as well have those guys who are really just in the final stages of battling. Might as well have them play most of that game so you know what you're getting, Mm -hmm. you know? So I would personally just have the starters play the second game for a couple of series. You know, I honestly probably wouldn't play Tom Brady at all. Just not even risk it, especially him coming off the MCL thing. Just have him rest, have him be ready, you know. But I would play some of the starters in the second game. Probably wouldn't in the first and third game, just because I want to see what those second, third, and fourth stringers can do, um, both in the first and third games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I would do a very normal. Uh, I would act like it's a normal preseason. I would play the starters for about a drive in the first game. I would play them for about maybe two drives or so in the second game, and then I wouldn't play them at all in the third game. That is, um, I, I I really wouldn't. Um, I know some people are like, oh, don't put Brady in at all. Like I I I personally, I think that Brady should get in at least a drive, uh, just to get his feet wet a little bit. You know. I don't really know if I want his his first game action to be against the Cowboys. Uh, just just get your feet wet a little bit. Right. A, a drive a, one series is not going to hurt. Um, so I, I don't know how much you're going to see the starters, but I I don't think I think it's going to be less than in a normal preseason year because if you remember right. a normal preseason year with, with four games, the first game probably a drive, the second game maybe like a quarter, but then that third game is almost like an actual game because they're playing like the whole first half basically. And maybe sometimes a drive or two in the second half. I don't think you're going to see any of that. I think Bruce is going to be very careful um, with, with how they do things. And I think you're going to see as far as QBs that the, the Bucks keep, it sounds like the, the practice squad rules are still in place. John explained that to us last week. So it sounds like they could keep Ryan Griffin. I think it's pretty much a lock that like on their 53 man roster, it'll be, Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, and Kyle Trask as the three, and then they could maybe sneak uh, Ryan Griffin onto the practice squad. So, I think you're going to see a lot of Kyle Trask in the preseason. I hope you do. Um, but you should at least because you know, you got to figure out, you know, what you have, and these are valuable reps for him right now. So, yeah. um, it's it's low pressure reps for him right now, and I think he could really gain some experience from it. Let's talk about Kyle Trask really quickly, and then I want to get to a question that our buddy Ben Leeper in chat has about O.J. Howard. But Kyle Trask, granted, we are only three days into camp. We cannot stress this enough. They have not put the pads on. It is not live action. There has not been any live tackling, no contact. But uh, we haven't heard the best of things about Kyle Trask thus far. He has had a couple of connections here and there, but... Evan, what are your thoughts on Kyle Trask these first few days of camp? And then again, you know, how important are these preseason reps going to be for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I had this in my, my take bag for later. I'll, I'll bring it out now. Um, a little sneak not peek. Being, not great. <laughs> <laughs> not, not great. Not I ideal. Mean, granted, granted <laughs> I, I will. I, we talked about the nerves with, with, with Jalen Darden. I'll give Trask the benefit of the doubt that right now he's a rookie. He's playing behind Tom Brady. Like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's playing for the, you know, the defending Super Bowl champions with all these weapons. He's a second round pick. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, you'd like him to show a little bit more. And it sounds like, you know, like the, the first three days have been very underwhelming. Like I, I believe that, you know, 
if you're ranking the quarterbacks on performance, I think Trask might be the the fourth guy. Yeah. Um, based on based on performance, so I expect him to have, him to have his good days, have his bad days. Um, that that's pretty much every player in camp. I don't think it's any different with him. And the the preseason games though are going to be a real uh, test for me uh, personally to be able to see him how he looks. I think the Bucks are you're gonna like I said I think you're gonna see a lot of Kyle Trask in the preseason. Yeah, we we uh, saw. So Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but regarding Trask, we saw D. Delaney had a really nice interception off of a deep ball from Kyle Trask. After practice, Bruce Arians had this to say. He's done a really good job on the other field. He's still learning when it's this fast. He's not used to seeing the game this fast, especially in that two-minute drill or that last period. But he's growing, quote, he is in no hurry. So like I said, for all the, you know, for all the big Kyle Trask fans, Luckily, it is still early in camp, but for Evan or anybody who is especially critical of the Buccaneer second-round draft pick, um, things are not off to a great start. But he's got plenty of time, right? It's yeah, he's got two years before he even touches the field as a starter. So um, yeah, he's it, it's not it's the same thing we we went through with Jameis Winston. Um, you yeah, know, we, those early camps same, were not great. It's the same thing we went through with Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis Winston every, throughout his career, but he would try everything. Right. He would try like everything in, in training camp and he'd throw a gazillion picks and, you know, never throw the ball away. And it was up and down. And a lot of people reacted to it. And I'm sure that people are going to overreact to Kyle Trask as well. But the, the fact of the matter is he doesn't like it's not like he's got to go play Dallas on September 9th. Like he, you know, right. it's not not his right. not his job right now. So, um, well, the people patient. with uh, the people with home team bias, you know, the, the people with um a burning hatred for Kyle Trask, or if they're, you know, blue and orange supporters and they love Kyle Trask, not all of those people think about it that way. So, you know, when you go on Twitter and you see, and you see Jimbo writing somebody off as a, as a bust already, you know, I guess it's just, it it comes with the territory of, of being a Florida quarter pack when you're, when you're this local, especially. And and also he's still learning an offense here. He is. He's, you know, he's, and it's not an easy offense to learn. No, it's it's really not. I mean, Tom Brady himself even even said that it is not an easy offense. So, I'll get him some slack. Like I said, it's it's still early for Kyle Trask, and like I said, he's gonna have his good days. He's gonna have his bad days. You would like him to come out hot, you know. You'd like him to come out strong. Right now, that hasn't happened. Uh, James, I want to get your quick thoughts on uh on how Kyle Trask has looked. Hey, he's not in a hurry. You know, it's fine. It's everything's fine. okay. He's That's a one rookie. Way to put it. Look, he's playing like a rookie quarterback. It's fine. It's it's really not like Red said. He's not the starter right now. He's the third string quarterback. Right. You know, I think the best. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. He's getting extra work in with a great surrounding cast in terms of mentors. Right. Clyde Christensen has been the offensive coordinator over on that second field. That's a great guy to be learning from. You know, uh, you have Byron Lutwood, you have Bruce Arians, you have Tom Brady, you have Blaine Gabbert, you even have Ryan Griffin, who's going to be helping out and being a mentor. He's got so many guys who are going to help him for say the next two years. 
I'm not worried if he throws a couple of interceptions in his rookie year in practice. It's nothing to be concerned about because at the end of the day, he's not going to see the field for the next two years in the regular season. You know, so it's best case scenario, right? Like any given Sunday in the NFL, but best case scenario. (laughs) You know, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. He's a rookie. He's he's a rookie quarterback and he's playing like a rookie quarterback. You know, he wasn't the number one overall pick. He was a second round pick. You know, and he was the the last pick of the second round. Exactly. So overall, it's not as big of a deal. Will people overreact? Sure, because it's the quarterback position. There's always a microscope on that position. And, and, you know, especially with young guys who get drafted to be the the, uh, successor to the uh, current starting quarterback, there's always that microscope. But, you know, the sky's not falling here. The world's not ending. He's going to take his time. The Bucks are going to take their time coaching him up and growing and developing him. And that's exactly what they need to do. Yeah. And, you know, after, after seeing the way, you know, Bucks fans reacted to all of James Winston's training camp practices, I, I'm sure and I'm confident that they're going to react just fine to, to Kyle Trask struggling. I mean, I'm sure it'll be all level headed and no, no overreactions and everything like that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure not. The big, the big difference, well, this time it would be more unwarranted. With Jameis, you know, he was the number one overall pick. So right. there are expectations. He was going to be the starter in the regular season, you know. Right. With Trask, won. yeah, but with Trask, it's like, what, what do you expect? You know, <laughs> do you expect, you know, do you expect him to come out of the gate and be just this pocket passing genius right off the bat? It takes time to develop, guys. Yeah. So let's take a look. Ben Leeper had brought it up in the live chat, and I think it's good to discuss. O.J. Howard was one of those guys who was not there on the first day of camp. As we know, he is still recovering from that Achilles injury, but he was practice at camp for day three. Uh, James or Evan, have we heard anything about his day at practice and uh, what O.J. is looking like out of the gate? In terms of he was he's been there all three days, I believe, at least to my knowledge. He's, um, he's been there, yes. Yeah, he's so he's been doing warm-up stuff, catching passes from Tom Brady, but in terms of actually practicing, he's not ready yet. He's yeah. still recovering from that Achilles injury. That's going to be the case for a while because, you know, it's an Achilles injury. Yeah. But um, it seems like he's getting better. He's getting, you know, more slowly building up to being ready to practice. So, again, they're going to take their time with it. They have the time. Uh, Cam Brate's also on the pup list as well, so yeah. – you know, a little bit thin at tight end. It creates opportunities for guys like Tanner Hudson, Cody McElroy, and Jarrell Adams. Um, but he's just working back from his injury. Yeah. I, I do you, I, I think, I think he'll play in a preseason game, at least one. Yeah. I, mm. I, I, I think just to get his feet wet. I, I think if, yeah. if he, if he's feeling, if you, if, if they deem him to be healthy enough. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, just, I can see Just it. to get his feet wet. Yeah. I, I, um, I thought, I thought you were saying, you know, it's it's a guarantee he's going to be healthy enough to play. I mean that we don't it, know. No, I mean if if he's if he's healthy, I mean if he's not healthy enough, then you're starting to get into a situation where is he healthy enough for week one? Then if if right. he's not healthy enough for the preseason game, is he healthy enough even to play Dallas? Because I, um, I I remember you know this time seven weeks ago the consensus was well he's not going to be out there for OTAs, but he should be good to go by the start of training camp. And of course we haven't put I, the pads on yet, but I think when when the pads come on, I think he might show up. Yeah, I think that's yeah. when they might unleash him. Um, so there's a question here from G Vegas, and Red, it's actually a personal one for you. Got a question? Was Red in the background on the latest? Buccaneers live stream that they show on YouTube. So, Rhett, were you <laughs> on? Did you make an appearance 
on the Buccaneers YouTube channel. Uh, like the training camp live? No, that that wasn't me, man. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I haven't been to any training camps yet. The first one I'm going to is actually tomorrow morning with the guy below me. Him and I are going to meet up early in the morning and go check out Tom Brady and the boys. Uh, and then I'm going again Friday and Saturday. So, um, so this week will be my first training camp action. But if you thought you saw me, chances are it wasn't me because I've been sitting in the house by myself for the last week. I haven't also, done anything fun. <laughs> what's the deal with Antonio Brown being late? Anything to be concerned about, James? Um, it's just according to Greg Allman, it's him. He's still recovering from a knee procedure he had in May. He did some light work today. He did individual drills during practice today, which is the first time he's done anything in three days. But you know, he's recovering from a knee procedure as well. You know, and that just is what it is. I know people were freaking out a little bit. They were going, wait a minute, he's late. Wait a minute, he's not practicing, but he looks oh, ready boy. to practice. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And yeah. no, he had a procedure done on his knee in May. You know, we it was basically the same knee that was bothering him in the playoffs. And he cleaned it up. And now he's it's, recovering. It's the that. same knee that made him miss the NFC Championship game. So yeah. So it's, he it's got that the same injury. Yeah, and we, so he got that he got that cleaned up and he's working his way back. We also know that between Bruce Arians and the players being vocal about it, if a player is not 100% ready to go, nobody's going to force them to go out there. I think there were some question marks around Indomitka Sue and Chris Godwin because they had missed some action. But, I mean, the way that, you know, these guys handle their bodies and the trainers are in touch with them, I think it can just be chalked up to a vet day. Antonio mm-hmm. Brown not entirely being ready. You know, if they were putting on the pads and this was the case, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But as we keep saying, it's the first week of camp. Everybody's kind of getting back into the groove of things, and not everybody's ready to do it at the same time. But as long as your vets are there ready to go when the pads go on, I think we should be okay, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, Temp says, so jealous of you guys. Make sure to hydrate. YouTube live stream after camp tomorrow. There won't be a live stream. But Rhett, I think, is gonna be doing some stuff on the Twitter page, maybe. Um, but we will be we will be live streaming Friday. So if we'll you be want live streaming. to, uh, as far as the as far as the training camp coverage is gonna go, I'll tell you guys this. I can't say explicitly what I'm gonna do because they probably won't let me in the building. But if you follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast. And you also follow myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. I I will have plenty of content going up there throughout the course of the practice. And then we get one more. Um, It's actually an interesting interesting question because it's it's something that I haven't really thought about. Um, And before we get to the the take bag and everything, let's, let's answer this. If we get hit with an injury bug at a position group, which group are you worried about, and which group are you least worried about? So oh, what, basically, I, I basically know me and testing, Evan have the testing, same answer for one. Testing the depth. Okay, yeah. Rhett, you, go ahead. What's your answer? Well, we talked about it with John Ledyard last week. It was one of my biggest concerns with this team. If I have to pick one, the depth at defensive line. Mm-hmm. If uh, if Vita Vea and Indomitka Sue go down. I don't really trust that those edge rushers are going to be able to work their magic as much as they usually can with a quality starter because we know what Nacho is. We know what Steve McClendon is. None of those guys are going to be opening up the same holes that Indomitka Sue and Vita Vea do. So the the most concerning area of depth for me is along this defensive line. Now, we know that the Bucks weren't really able to do a whole lot throughout the draft because that draft class for interior defensive <laughs> line was one of the worst in ages. Um, but, you know, I still yeah, like when they draft fat like, guys, and, and maybe throughout free agency, 
get a couple of guys to, to fill in some depth pieces there. But, um, you know, that's my number one. As far as what I'm least worried about is, you know, the wide receiver position because there is yep. talent everywhere and uh, there's plenty of guys in that room who kind of deserve a spot if somebody were to go down. So, I mean, I guess I'll say the defensive line, but isn't it kind of, I don't know, like the – Am I cheating to say quarterback? Because if Tom Brady goes down, the season's done. Like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, like, you know, that's a, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Not I a mean, lot of people think about it because when you think of Tom Brady, you typically don't think of season-ending injuries. Yeah, um, but like he, he's been pretty a, much an Iron ask, Man. Ask Matt Castle. He's, yeah. Tom Brady has Tom yeah. Brady has you know ended a se- you know season. Well, those before, Patriots so. still had a pretty damn good year, didn't they? They did. They did. I believe so. Um yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with the wide receiver thing being the, the least. I mean, Mike yeah. Evans goes down. You got Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller. You know, obviously, if multiple guys go down, then it's just bad luck. Uh, James, what is what is yours? So just real quick before I give my answer to kind of talk on the defensive depth. One interesting quote that Bruce Arians actually gave today was he said that every single guy on this defense has been playing good top to bottom. He said that even the backups have been playing better than the starters on defense. Now that could just be Bruce Arians doing Bruce Arians things, but he seems pretty confident in the depth on the entirety of the defense, which I thought was interesting um, for him to say that. And you, you, we've been hearing about guys like Ledbetter. He came in, he's looking like he's in great shape. He's showing a lot of speed, a lot of ability. Uh, Bruce Arians talked about Khalil Davis today along the defensive line. Pat O'Connor was out there um, doing some work. So I don't know, you know, maybe the depth on that D line will work out, but for me personally, O-line, you know, I think the O-line could become a concern more specifically tackle depth, you know, cause we've seen what can happen, you know, if Tristan Wirfs or Donovan Smith goes down, it's not going to be, you know, that could be some trouble, you know, that, that yeah. could lead to some trouble. So I'm going to say O-line and then I'll agree with you guys in terms of wide receivers. We have so many stinking wide receivers who can do some good things that, they're just battling with each other every single day for, you know, the most minimal amount of snaps. So you've got three number one wide receivers in the same room in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. And after that, you've still got some great talent to fill out. So, uh, so yeah, to really drive your point home there, James, I do agree. Um, Bucks time 12 says, is Geno Atkins still available? I, I, I believe he is. He, he is available. Uh, yeah. He was injured. He just now getting recovered. Not going to happen. Also, Ben Leeper says uh, defensive tackle Jalen Twyman is hitting waivers from the Vikings after they handled his situation pretty badly. Hopefully the Bucks make a move there. What do you think of him? Uh, I like Twyman pre-draft. He was uh, a little bit undersized. Some people compared him to Aaron Donald, I think, probably because they went to the – he played at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but his athletic profile is not great. His like, you know, a lot of his stuff that he did as pro day wasn't great. Um, just like the, the athleticism is, is a real concern. We don't know how he's recovered. Uh, if you haven't heard, he was the guy that actually in like what May or something got shot four times, I believe. Yeah. He was not obviously not killed, but he was, he was seriously injured and he was able to, to come back and um, the Vikings just waved him. But, uh, I mean, right now, I think Khalil Davis is probably a better option than, than him. I, I mean, listen, I know that injuries are injuries and battling back is tough to do. You know, an Achilles injury can end your season. You got to rehab from that like O.J. Howard is, ACLs, MCLs. 
but there has got to be a rite of passage to get shot four goddamn times and still be eligible to show up for training camp. That is a different He's type a of... Oh my god, dude, that's a guy that I want on my defensive line. If you can take a bullet, you know, you can you can take a blindside block every now and again, but that is that is insane. So hopefully he ends up landing on his feet somewhere. But um but yeah, man, just a couple of names to to monitor. Uh let's talk about Joe Tryon. I saw a couple of people ask questions about him. We knew he kind of got a late start with OTAs. He's out there for training camp. He's getting his reps in. And personally for me, it's hard to gauge expectations on your defense outside of the skill positions without the pads, right? Like somebody can say that Will Golston has a really good day blocking two people at the line of scrimmage or batting balls down, which he did in practice this week. But it means a lot more when those guys are in the pads, especially when you're evaluating, you know, level of play in the trenches. But for Joe Tryon, his first couple of days, James, what have you noticed about Tryon? Is there anything worth talking about? Yeah, I mean, he looks good. He's quick. He has great speed. Of course, his build is ridiculous. We all know this. They've been playing him on the left and right sides, which I appreciate that kind of versatility. They're finding out where he's comfortable, what's the best spot for him on this defense. Either side you put him on, um, you know, he's going to have a good mentor in JPP or Shaq. Heck, he'll still learn from both of them regardless of what side he's on. Um, actually today, him and Vita Vea combined for a sack and Vita Vea gave him a little bit of praise after practice. And that's just another good mentor for Tryon. They obviously yeah. went to the same school. I don't know if they played together. They may have both been there for one I, I year. Tryon was coming, was in Vita's last year. I think. Right. So they were maybe only saw each other very sparingly there in college, but they still know each other. And, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's a great spot for Tryon to be in. He's going to have a lot of good guys to learn from. He's got loads of potential with just his overall athleticism and just his size. So I can't wait to see where he's most comfortable in this defense. They're trying him out at both sides. And uh, yeah, it's it, he's going to be one worth to monitor. Bruce gave him uh, a shout out, I believe, in yesterday's practice after afterwards. So um, he's flashing. He's doing good stuff. Yeah. So let's kind of round out this discussion as we start to wrap this thing up. One more position group that we have yet to talk about is the running back room. As far as expectations for Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and those guys go, we went into great detail with that last week with John Ledyard if you want to check that out. But let's talk about Gio Bernard, the newest Buccaneer in that running back room. What has his first three days at camp looked like? And and what is, you know, the presence of Gio Bernard mean for this offense? Because a lot of people have mentioned it. Tom Brady actually having a running back to throw to, fingers crossed, who can catch the ball, should open up a whole nother uh a whole nother dimension for this offense this year. But what do you think of Gio Bernard in camp so far, Evan? All right, yeah, I think at this point I'm gonna sort of hijack the show and just do my take bag now. Let's do because, it, man. Let's wrap things up uh, with Evan's take bag. All right, yeah, the, the 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 trash thing was on there, and also Gio Bernard was on there. So can I yeah. see the bag? Uh, Where's the bag? Yeah, right. The bag, the bag is wherever it's, you want the bag to be. The you don't have a physical bag. Is it like it's like a I metaphorical bag? It's like a bag of the mind. Yeah, basically. I now now I'm gonna be coming with a bag each episode. You need so. to make sure Good. you secure the bag before you get on the show and pull I, stuff I out of it. It needs to be I one know. of them fancy like purple marble bags. You know, like the Crown Royal bag. Yeah, yeah, just get a Crown Royal oh, yeah. bag. Yeah, yeah, let's get one of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh so here we go so let's talk about gia bernard um i think gia bernard is is, he's gonna get a ton of touches in this offense i think he 
I think Tom Brady is so glad to finally have a running back that can catch the football consistently uh, and is a good route runner, a good pass blocker. Um, everything that I've seen has been that Gia Bernard has looked really good. And so the Bucks post on, on their YouTube channel, they post like a, uh, like a minute clip of like highlights, like training camp highlights. And I think it was either day one or day two, every single Tom Brady throw was going to Gia Bernard. Every single one that they show went to Gio Bernard. So I was like, hmm. I was like, okay. I was like, man, Gio Bernard is going to be like, I think I think he's going to be a bigger part of this offense than people really think. I think Tom Brady's starting to develop trust with him, and I think he's going to be a big part of the offense. Um, speaking of offense, and speaking, we talked about OG Howard at tight end position. Gerald Adams is he good? I I mean, I he could be good. Um, he's definitely been. I mean, I don't know. Like after Gronkowski, is 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 Jarrell Adams been the best Bucks tight end this camp so far? Obviously, like I said, it's we've I've said it five thousand times this episode. It's day three, and there's no pads, so the real determination will be when the pads go on. Because my biggest my biggest example of that is Kenny Bell. Kenny Bell looked unstoppable, <laughs> unstoppable. He he was he was unguardable. He was literally unguardable in the first five or six days of training camp when they don't have pads on. As soon as the pads go on, he disappeared, and then he was cut. So uh, don't get don't get uh, fooled by the the Kenny Bell effect. Um, but Joel I like Adams, that. I like that name, the Kenny Bell effect. There it is. We're gonna start using that too. Um, hopefully, Kyle Trask has the opposite of the Kenny Bell effect. Um, so, I mean, Jarrell Adams, he was a, a six round pick in 2016. He's 28 years old. So it's, it's not like he's not a rookie. Um, he's been around. He is, he has more, more, uh, receiving yards, receptions, uh, than Tanner Hudson and Cody McElroy combined. Um, so he's got more experience than those guys. He sort of bounced around. He was on the giants, Texans. Then it was on the Saints practice squad, I believe. It was on the Ravens practice squad. It was on the with the, with the Lions for a minute. Uh, now he's joined the Bucks, so he's just looked really good. And I don't know if Tanner Hudson. I think Tanner Hudson's got to have a a typical preseason Tanner Hudson, like, like a Tanner Hudson type preseason to make the team. Because right now, Jarrell Adams is is the leading candidate to be that fourth tight end. I think. Uh, behind, uh, obviously, Gronk, Howard, and Brait. I think Jarrell Adams could be. And he can block a little bit, too. He's not just a pure receiving tight end. Um, Hudson's got to step it up. And I think Cody McElroy, I, I don't really think he has much of a shot to make the team. I think Jarrell Adams and Tanner Hudson, that battle for the fourth tight end spot, is going to be interesting to see. And then the last thing I have for my take bag, uh, and like these take bags, sometimes I won't have anything. Sometimes I'll have two things. Sometimes I'll have six things. Uh, Antonio Hamilton, I described him as a bipolar player uh, because <laughs> he will have three or four plays in a row where he just looks awesome, and then two straight plays, he gets absolutely destroyed. Um, I mean, obviously, there must be a reason he hasn't been able to stick on a roster, but, I mean, he has NFL experience. He knows, like we talked about earlier, you know, his experience. I know James predicted him to be the fifth corner. It could definitely be possible. I just think he's got to get more consistent. And I, I do think that, like I said earlier, the preseason games will determine who wins that fifth corner spot. So that's the first the first take bag, um, like official take bag, I would say. Because the last time we sort of introduced it. But, uh, 
Yeah, I last think, time was uh, the pilot. This is episode last, one. Right? Last time, last time was the pilot. Oh, I'm telling you, the pilot of a show would be episode one. Yeah, well, sometimes you'll see like, a pilot kind of get reworked into the premiere yeah, of a show, right? Some details change. Right, right. So that is that is the take bag. I promise next time I will have some semblance of a bag because that would be a funny bit. Um, <laughs> so I will have some semblance of a bag. I promise. Well, I, I will tell you that the one comment I have from that regards the tight end for battle, and that's going to be interesting because, as we know in the NFL, you know a lot of guys can go out there and make catches. Uh, Tanner Hudson, I think, is on this team because of the catches he made in the 2019 preseason, specifically that Pittsburgh game that I was there in person at. Tanner Hudson really won over a lot of people, but you've got to be physical. You have to be a good blocker, and uh, if you know those guys battling for that fourth spot can't be as physical as they need to be then obviously they'll get booted or you know they'll get bumped down a position but that's going to be an interesting position to watch and one of the many position battles that uh, that are going to be under the spotlight in this 2021 preseason but ladies and gentlemen I believe that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast I want to say thank you to our live audience hanging out with us right here on YouTube. If you guys have not yet already, make sure you leave a thumbs up on the stream to let us know you enjoyed it. And subscribe to the channel. We've got all sorts of great Buccaneer content coming out between now and the start of the season. And, of course, once the season starts, well, it's more of the same great content, just a little bit more. So uh, plenty to look forward to as this season is rolling once again. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Check out our special guest, Mr. Bucks Nation, a.k.a. James Hill, on his YouTube channel, Mr. Bucks Nation. If you want daily Buccaneers content, which is something that we can't always give you, James is the guy to go to. I mean, the, the undefeated phenom of the Buccaneer YouTube scene. James, tell the people about you and your awesome work. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I just did a video a couple of hours ago talking about day three of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. I'm going to try and do one for every single day of training camp, which is just loads of fun content. And I'm I'm having a blast. I'm having a blast keeping track of these guys. Who's doing good? Who's not doing good? Uh, and it's been loads of fun. So we're ramping up. It's going to be our busy time now with the season starting. And uh, it's going to be loads of content for uh both me on my channel and here at the Can of Fire podcast. So uh, everybody subscribe if you haven't yet, you know, like these videos because uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. Hell yeah, brother. You guys can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back first three days of training camp are in the books for the tampa bay buccaneers and we're going to talk to you guys in just a couple of days as we discuss even more training camp believe it or not we have plenty to talk about between now and the start of the preseason buccaneers football is making its way back and we could not be more excited i am your host rhett matthew signing off from my co-host evan wanish and our special guest james hill we'll talk to you guys next time thank you so much for checking out this episode of the cannon fire podcast Brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.